You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. And it is the Monday edition after a big weekend of college football. Man, what a game last night as well. And uh, LSU and Florida State taking it down to the wire. And uh, we'll talk about some of the coaching decisions on both sides of the football as far as what could have been costly for FSU was costly for LSU as well. And uh, a lot of other news and notes from the weekend. Alabama, big win over Utah State. We're going to hopefully hear from Coach Saban here momentarily and his weekly presser. And uh, look forward to that. And also uh, getting ready for the trip to Austin, Texas. Alabama taking on the Texas Longhorns coming up on Saturday. Uh, Auburn uh, getting the win. The SEC pretty much dominating uh, throughout uh, the SEC. Florida, big win over Utah, a top-ten team. So uh, 
Good stuff there. All right, uh, Joe Gaither, let me know when we're up and ready to roll with Coach Saban. I think he's at Got seven starters the, uh, back on defense. Um, there he is. Played much better last week on defense than, you know, maybe some of the, the times last year when, you know, people scored points on them. So this is a, a very improved, you know, defensive team to me. Uh, they do a really good job on special teams, play, you know, with great effort, blocked a punt last week, make plays in – Worthy's been a really good punt returner. He's having 15 yards or something, a punt return. So they've got a lot of good players. They've got really good schemes, and it's going to be a very challenging game for us. What are some of the communication challenges that come with playing on the road and a lot of crowd noise, and what's the best way to prepare for those in practice? Well, it's the same that we've always done. I mean, we try to go on silence sometimes. We try to go on a clap sometimes. Um, can't really use a cadence in those kind of situations. So that's what you practice. We usually have some noise practices when we're playing on the road, which we will at some point in time this week, uh, later in the week. Uh, but it's always a challenge, especially on offense. Uh, so, you know, for defensive players, you know, maybe not as, not as much, but, um, Sometimes for defensive players, it's tougher at home because the crowd's yelling when the other team has the ball. So, but um, this is a very challenging thing that we've always had to work on hard in the past, and we'll continue to do it this week. Yeah, what would you say when you assess the tape of the running game? What did you see from that group? Inconsistent. You know, like I said, after the game, it was big little. We made a couple really explosive plays in the running game. But the down-in and down-out consistency to have positive runs and not have negative plays was not what we wanted to be and something that we want to improve on. But wasn't disappointed at all in the way we played. They did a lot of stunting and moving up front, which – we sort of expected uh, we didn't always pick it up exactly right. And sometimes they were able to create some negative plays with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely need to work on those things, you know, this week. You mentioned B. John Robinson, their running back. Just what stands out to you about him, not only as a runner, but as a receiver too? Oh, he's can do everything. You know, he's got speed. He's got power. He's got very, in, very instinctive runner. Sets up his blockers well, has a burst, and he's got great hands, good receiver. They use him a lot in the passing game. So this guy is as good all-around back as there probably is in the country, or he's certainly one of the best of all the guys in the country. And his production really sort of, you know, shows that. Coach, every preparation is different for each game, but an 11 o'clock kick against a, a coach that knows a defense like yours well, how do you adjust to that going into this week? Um, well, you know, we've seen to play several teams now that kind of know us, but you act like we don't know them. So just because somebody knows you when they play it doesn't mean they're going to beat you, and just because you know them when you play them doesn't mean you're going to beat them either. It kind of comes down to how you execute. But, you know, to think we're going to go change a lot of things that we do, that our players know how to do, that they do well, that they have confidence in, uh, I don't think that's the answer when it comes to getting execution and having confidence in how you have to adjust and what you need to do. 
Coach, you talk about B. John Robinson being a threat receiving out the backfield, but just also for your backs with Jace having so many receiving touchdowns, how does that elevate a running back's game and the offense as a whole when a running back's a threat to catch as well? Well, I think that's what every offensive, you know, coach wants. You've got five eligible receivers. You want them to have to defend, you know, all five guys. And I think tight ends and running backs are mismatched players because of the guys who end up guarding them most of the time. Uh, so when you have a guy that's outstanding that can create those mismatches, that's a real advantage for you. So I think that's probably the greatest advantage of having, you know, a running back or running backs who are really good receivers uh, and understand the passing game and uh, can be used as, you know, targets in, in, in a lot of ways that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. What is it that makes Coach uh, Sarkeesian a good play caller? Well, I think he's a very bright guy. He's very well organized. Did an outstanding job when he was here. He's got a good system. He understands defense. Um, he likes to see what you're in if he can uh, so that he can, you know, run a, a play that's going to be an effective play against that particular look or give his players the best chance to be successful. And I think all those things and a combination of those things and good preparation you know, make you a very, very good play caller. So he has a really good understanding of defense. He has a really good understanding of what he wants to do on offense against certain things on defense. And he tries to implement those in the game, um, whether it's formationally, using motions, adjustments, eye candy, whatever you want to call it, to, to sort of get the look that he'd like to have and then run that particular play against it. Jalen Moody's a guy that's been here a long time, but him getting this opportunity at linebacker, where has where he grown and doing just the little things right consistently? Well, I think that's the key to the drill is, you know, a lot of players want to make plays, but they don't understand that systematically you have to do your job relative to what's required on that particular play and that particular defense, and that will actually enhance your chances of making plays. And when players understand that, then we can play much better team defense because you got everybody in the right places. Um, the term I like to use is nobody here needs to farm somebody else's land. So if you just do your job, then we got a chance to be successful because but when one guy is trying to do something he's not supposed to do, that opens up an area that offers an opportunity for the other team to make plays. You talk a lot about affecting the quarterback, and it might not mean getting sacks. Do you, how do you feel like your pass rush performed against Utah State despite not recording a sack? Well, I, I don't know if you can really assess the pass rush against Utah State because they're, they threw the ball and got the ball out so quick, you didn't have a chance to get pass rush. Uh, but I do think we affected the quarterback in the game. Uh, pushing the pocket. We had some free runners, you know, in his face, which affected his throws. But typical drop back, hold the ball, see it develop, and throw it, they didn't do much of that. All right, so the ball was catch and throw all the time. So we didn't have a lot of opportunity to get the proverbial sack, but I do think we affected the quarterback uh, pretty well in the game. 
from a recruiting standpoint, obviously you guys have spent time in College Station, but what are some of the advantages and the opportunities to now play a game in Austin in front of that community and that fan base from a recruiting standpoint? Well, I think that anytime you get exposure in an area, uh, it obviously helps, you know, recruiting. So it doesn't matter where you play, whether we play in Atlanta or whether we play somewhere in Texas, I think that exposure makes, you know, people in that area more aware of your program, who you are, players on your team. So I do think those things have an impact in recruiting and, you know, it's uh, a great opportunity for us to have a chance to play a, a school like Texas. It's got great tradition, and they got a really good team. Got two more games. Um, Trey Sean Holden was named one of the players of the week. Just talk to me a little bit about his um, his performance on uh, on Saturday. Trey Sean's had a really good camp. Uh, played really well in the game. He's playing fast. Um, one of the things that you know, Treshawn has gotten so much better at is controlling his emotions and staying in the right place where he can play fast and not get frustrated and not cut things short or, you know, not do things the right way. I think he's learned through his maturity that by doing things the way the quarterback expects him to do it, the way it's designed, that that enhances him the best chance to make plays and be successful. He's playing fast. He's very physical. He's got strong hands. So all those things benefited him in this game, I think, in a very positive way, and he had a really, really positive performance. Okay, we'll go to Zoom. John Zener, John, go ahead. and. Uh... Yes, Coach, you, you mentioned Quinn Ewers a little bit. I know you don't have a, uh, a, a vast amount of film on him, but what, what has stood out from what you have seen of, of the quarterback? Well, he's a very talented, I, I, very, very talented passer. Uh, he's got, you know, a good feel for the game, uh, but he's got a strong arm. I think he threw a ball like 55 yards pretty much on the money in the last game. And, um, you know, and I, I know that's probably his first game, you know, playing, but I thought he played extremely well in the game. And I'm sure that he's going to continue to make progress because he has a tremendous amount of talent. So this guy's a, really, really good player, and, you know, we're going to have to do a great job of sort of hopefully disguising what we do a little bit, uh, so he has to figure it out after he gets the ball in his hand, And but he's got the talent to make the plays when he knows where to go with it, that's for sure. All right, thank you. And that was Nick Saban and his press conference right after the Utah State game on Saturday here on Monday, getting ready for Texas out in Austin, Texas, the Longhorns. And uh, as we talked about earlier, we'll come back and break it down more for you and uh, a lot more to get around the SEC as well. Matt Coulter live from AVX. Matt, I hope you're doing well today. Oh, fantastic. A little rainy, but uh, it's Labor Day, and it was a great football weekend, and I'm looking forward to more. So we'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Do you, do you have a good weekend? Are you Labor Daying? 
<laughs> Labor Day, no doubt. We're laboring on Labor Day, so uh, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, a lot to break down, a lot of good good and bad from the weekend, but really good for the SEC as far as their record. And Florida showed up big against Utah and uh, Georgia, big as well, against Guys, Oregon. players and, have a little, uh, are still in workouts right now, so we're going to be another 15 or 20 minutes before any of the players come up. So just hang tight. All right. <laughs> some comments there, some more from uh, there. There's Max the business. Talking about it. That's right, no doubt. All right, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out today. You'll love it. The bowling of this generation, we call it. Co-workers, family, friends, get out the Top Golf of Birmingham. And driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the A. Our sponsors like Michelle Coley and the Coley Agency. Where insurance is made easy. Visit thecoleyagency.com for a free quote on insurance for your home, car, and more. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, a few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Happy Labor Day to everyone out there listening in, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend as well. Great weekend for the SEC. Dominant performances by a lot of the teams, and uh, just an unbelievable record for them as well as far as the SEC as a whole. Alabama 55 to nothing over Utah State. We just heard from Nick Saban in his weekly presser, and we got Mick Gillespie coming up. Brought to us by Pearl River Resorts. will be with us coming up at 1230, so look forward to that to get Mick's uh, take from Bama Insider and on three media but matt let's go uh, matt Coulter live from abx lars get the day off he's got kid duties so uh, he's going to be off today but we've got uh, a big win for uh, alabama or utah state but just your initial thoughts on this game this weekend well i thought alabama dominated in every possible fashion of the game <clears throat> and if you need any evidence of how good alabama is after one one game just go to utah state coach blake anderson and said it's the best team in pads he's ever seen and, and they pretty much played like it. I'm sure there are areas in which Nick Saban just went into just a little while ago as they get ready to go to Texas that they can improve in. But right now, Jay, I'd be hard-pressed to say what area. Uh, I mean, <laughs> did you did you see anything they really need? A whole lot of improvement with Alabama? No, just pump protection. That's it. They're late in the game. <laughs> That's the only thing. They are able to get the, uh, the block punt. But, um, no, Bryce was phenomenal. 18 of 28, had a couple misses here and there with pressure coming at him, but uh, still ended up with 195 yards, passing five touchdowns. He had the one touchdown as well. Ends up with uh, more yards rushing in this game than he did all of last year, five carries for 100 yards. And uh, I think a lot of the fans said the only thing they wish he would uh, he would have done on that long run is just slide, go ahead and get down and uh, protect yourself. But uh, he's a playmaker and a competitor that wants to be out there doing well. But, uh, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, nine carries, 93 yards. He had a 10.3 average. We've talked about uh, what he averaged at uh, Georgia Tech and just the uh, the amount of uh, ability he brings to you in the run game and the pass game. I think a few times, and Coach Saban addressed this not only after the game, but also 
in this press conference a little bit is just the offensive line. Again, the cohesiveness of this group, the chemistry they're going to continue to get as the games go on. And, um, you know, look, there's a lot of experience up there, but just not a lot of experience of playing together, communicating. And uh, whether it's been some of the stemming or the movement up front that they did on that defensive line for Utah State that caused a couple of issues in the run game and the passing game as far as blocking, that's things they can correct. Uh, you know, things that they'll look at and know that other teams may try to use that here in the near future. But but uh, they can correct that pretty easily. It's just about communication, seeing things even as the ball snapped or right before the ball snapped and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So I thought overall just a great performance uh, by this team. I expected it uh, from them based on what we saw come out of spring, come out of fall camp, the summer, the leadership on this team as well. Will Anderson again, another big day, uh, and uh, just an outstanding plays, plays by him. I thought Jermaine Burton and uh, also Treshawn Holden, who ended up with two touchdowns as well. I thought both those guys really stepping up. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Kobe Prentice and, and how he would, as a freshman from clear Alabama, step in and play that uh, kind of slot role. Had some really good catches, some really good route running, as well as uh, plays after the catch. So I think uh, you're looking at about six or seven deep at that wide receiver position. You're looking at about probably three to four to maybe five guys deep at running back. Uh, tight ends, I thought, had some really good uh, moments as well, blocking and catching the ball. So overall, I thought offensively and defensively, very solid game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I would just go on and on and on about the wide receiver room, which was an area that Alabama fans were very, very worried about. It. And, and I'm sure that there is time for, for more growth and cohesiveness among them. But I thought of all the areas that might have been in question, that was the most impressive. And particularly, Prentice. If you'd have talked, Jay, if I'd have asked you, coming out of uh, January, uh, who would be the first recipient of a Bryce Young pass in the 2022 season? Would you have said Kobe Prentice? He caught the first pass, and then he had another yeah, pass, I, and, a and reception I'll be, I'll in that drive. I may, have, I may have said that because I think I knew just based on what I'd heard about in practice and how well he had been playing and that he was going to be kind of a go-to guy and that they really wanted to get him – in, in the game involved early to get the nerves away from him. And he didn't seem to have any nerves. He, he looked very confident knowing, no. you know, looking through his face mask into his eyes during the game, especially early on. And, and just some of the moves that he made after the catch. I mean, you could see him really putting his foot in the ground and, and making guys miss, uh, being very quick to get up the field instead of worried about trying to go side to side. He was just about getting positive yards. You can tell he's been very well coached from high school all the way through. So, uh, he uh, he looks he looked like a veteran receiver out there as a freshman, and I, I think that makes the coaching staff feel really good. They, they have been about him. He came in day one, ready to go, and uh, has been a competitor ever since, and really impressed the coaches in, in fall camp from day one. And that, that I think they realized, okay, this guy could be special, and uh, I think he can be. But here's the thing: I mean, just like you brought up, I mean, even uh, Jason McClellan coming out of the backfield, two catches, two touchdowns, yep. and for him, you know, another another big day for him coming back after an injury and. Uh, being able to go out there and have some production. Uh, Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Law. I mean, you look at all the guys uh, throughout the, that receiving core really uh, had, had some plays and some catches throughout the game. I think they can build off of that experience, Matt. I want to go on to Texas here just for a minute because we're going to get to Mick Gillespie at the bottom of the hour, but I want to ask you about this because you've been there, done that, and gotten a T-shirt. 11 a.m. kickoffs are just not very favored in my book. Uh, first of all, sometimes I like to sleep in on, <laughs> on Saturdays a little bit. But how disruptive is that to the player? Well, it's going to be very disruptive for you. About two, you're going to be up around five, or maybe earlier for that six a.m. Yeah, show. I'll have to be in Tuscaloosa <laughs> at 
at five o'clock in the morning. Hey, yeah. that, that, let me tell you, that, it's not a personal gripe, okay? That's right. <laughs> Forgot no about so, that. But it, that'll be a lot of fun. You know, I always felt like that the early games benefited the road team, um, and, and even when we played it, because there's just so much going on. Is when you're at home, you got family, you got people you're trying to make sure they got tickets and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, that you know, normally at the NFL level, it's pretty much a little bit different, t- kind of taken care of throughout the week. But there, you know, you actually got you know a lot of people coming in and family and friends, uh, especially for this game against Alabama. And for the visiting team to come in, get a good night's sleep, get up and just play the game instead of having to sit around at a hotel. Uh, I think that's a, that's a that's a great thing. A lot of times sitting in the hotel throughout the day watching games, the emotional thing that you get from that, uh, kind of wearing you down psychologically and all that kind of stuff. Rooting for teams and you know whether it's guys that you played with or played against or SEC teams and, and watching big matchups. So I, I think it normally favors the visiting team. Uh, they're already on the road. They're traveling. They're in a little bit of a different uh, space. So this is uh, hopefully could be the same way for Alabama heading into Austin. But uh, the, Austin, the Texas got a good team. Quinn Ewers had a really good solid uh, opening yeah, yeah. Uh, day, and, and even as Coach Saban talked about. You know, for them, it's going to be about trying to disrupt him as well as trying to confuse him pre-snap before he gets the hands in the ball. And once he has it there, that he's seeing something different than what he saw in a pre-snap read that may confuse the young quarterback. All right, let's get to break. Uh, we got Mick Gillespie coming up from Bama Insider on 3 Media, brought to you by Pearl River Resort. Stay with us. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Well, Kobe's done a really good job. He did a great job in the game. Uh, he's practiced really well. He's got an opportunity because JoJo got hurt a couple, three weeks ago, and he took advantage of it. He's a bright guy. He's got really good speed. He's got really good hands. Uh, he's exactly what we look for to play in the slot. And he's done a really, really good job. So, um, you know, we, the freshman receivers got to play, you know, 17, 19. Kobe Prentice, those three guys, 24 is playing receiver. You know, all those guys, uh, I think, can develop into being guys that can help us this year. And Kobe's the guy that, got the opportunity because somebody got hurt, and he's certainly taken advantage of it and played very well. Again, Nick Saban in his presser earlier. We played for you live as we do each and every Monday, so make sure you tune in to us. We'll cover that live for you. And uh, talking about Kobe Prentice, the receiving group that they've got, and uh, him stepping up early on after JoJo Earl went down with an injury and uh, really did a fantastic job as a true freshman from Calera, Alabama. Let's go down to Fairhope. Actually, I think he's uh, on the road uh, doing some stuff today, actually, for baseball. So we'll go to Mick Gillespie with Bama on three, and uh, or Bama Insider and on three media, and uh, also uh, presented by uh, Pearl River Resort. But, uh, Mick, thanks for being with us. What's up, guys? Roll Tide. What a great win for Alabama. Hey, I love hearing Coach Saban. Oh, most definitely. And we, we had a chance to talk on the postgame show uh, the other night, and you know, really talking a lot about Kobe Prentice and uh, a lot of the a lot of the comments and 
everybody coming in talking about, you know, this is a six or seven deep receiving group. You know, everybody kind of worried about who might step up. But Jermaine Burton had a really nice game. Trayshawn Holden, both those guys with two touchdowns. Uh, and even Jace McClellan, we talked about earlier, coming out of the backfield and making catches for two touchdowns. So a lot of positive things to look at from this team. Just kind of give us your thoughts on kind of what you saw and, and where they, what things you think they can get better at. Look, I thought Kobe Prentice looked great. I mean, he, he caught the ball and it looked like he belonged, you know, like ran fast after he made the plays. Um, he, he gives you kind of that, you know, that big target that you want, uh, that you can rely on. I thought all the guys caught the ball well. Tayshawn Holden, uh, Trayshawn Holden, I thought he'd had a good game too, you know, like really impressed with his hands and, uh, his vision downfield. And Chase McClellan, I think Alabama wins the national championship last year if they'd had him. Just to, just to have that threat of someone that could catch the ball out of the backfield and, and then break it into the end zone. And that guy just has a nose for the end zone and scored a couple more touchdowns. So all in all, I was uh, super impressed. I think there's some more guys that are going to end up stepping up. You know, I still look for Christian Leary to be someone that Alabama's going to rely on. And, uh, to think that maybe they're, you know, six or seven deep at wide receiver when we weren't really sure who was going to step up is impressive to me. Um, I'm going to uh, throw this one out there real early because Jay, Jay texted on Saturday. He said <laughs> Braxton's getting more airtime than he ever did when he was playing <laughs> I love because you. they kept you on the sideline. Did you notice that? Yeah, no, Jay said that on the postgame show, and we, we, we had a good yeah. laugh. And, Hey, look, this is a, this is a lifetime career for Braxton. I mean, he's probably going to just keep on getting more FaceTime on TV. And, and you know, he's part of one of the, the, the uh, greatest launching points of coaching careers in the history of college football. I mean, I think that they've, pro- they've surpassed Bear Bryant, who did the same thing. You know, every time you turn around, there was another Bear Bryant protege, uh, you know, including uh, Jay's coach, um, you know, when he was at Alabama, Gene Stallings. But, but Nick Saban's kind of taken that – to an, an entirely different level. And uh, I'm excited to see what Braxton's going to do in his career. And uh, you know what? Now he's going to have to you know, make sure he's looking his best every time Alabama plays because you're right, he's getting a lot of face time right now. Um, on defense, uh, what did you see? What you, uh, what you didn't like? Well, look, I, I like the fact that Alabama was uh, constantly putting pressure on the quarterback, you know, and they, they were throwing the football so fast, you know, they, they were avoiding sacks. But the, the thing that I really pay attention to with the way that you have to attack defenses this day and age, Matt, is you've got to get pressure and stop the run with four guys. And if you're able to do that, you, you've got seven other guys to defend the pass. And I think that Alabama is going to be a team that will constantly put pressure on the, uh, on the quarterback with four guys. Yeah, there's really no weakness at the defense. I love uh, seeing uh, Odom up front, the big guy. You know, maybe he's the new fridge. I, I don't know, but he, he's for a big dude. He moves well. Um, you know, and obviously Will Anderson is on some plays. He's in the backfield so fast, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and he he's going to have some big hits in this uh, in this game against Texas coming up. You just know it's coming. I mean, if you hesitate at all. And and uh, you're you're back there for too long. He's just going to get you. I mean, you know, and it's 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 like watching. Honestly, sometimes I feel like the offensive lineman looks like they're not even trying. I didn't know that's not true, but that just goes to show how good he is. 
Yeah, his length is just unbelievable. Mick Gillespie joining us from Bam Insider on 3 Media, again, brought to you by Pearl River Resort. And, uh, you know, looking ahead, let's go ahead and look ahead to Texas because I don't think there's much more we can say about the Utah State game. Excellent win, 55 to nothing. Great start for the Crimson Tide, 16-0 for uh, Nick Saban as far as starting the season at Alabama. Uh, traveling there, Matt asked the question earlier. I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well. 11 o'clock start, what does that mean for – uh, a traveling team. I, I think it benefits the traveling team, to be honest, just be playing in those games. We used to have the Jefferson Pilot, I think it was 11 or 11.30 uh, game oh, that we wow. had. We were so excited. We could be back from Vanderbilt in order to watch the second half of that 2.30 matchup. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it reminds me of the, the greatest seats I ever had at Bryant-Denny Stadium was an Al- Alabama-Tennessee game, that uh, the one where Nick Saban started the game with the onside kick. Somebody handed me 50-yard line seats right by the – you know, right by the bathroom and, and right by the concession stand. And, you know, maybe or maybe not, I needed to get something to chase, something that I might have brought in. So it was just so convenient. And then I watched that game, and uh, and, and I thought, you know what, this is what 11 a.m. football is all about, you know, just kind of getting it going, being comfortable. Uh, and then you're done early. Look, our post-game show, Jay, is going to be on really early on Saturday, and then we'll have the rest of the night to watch football, right? Uh, that's a good thing about it. Um you don't have a lot of time to sit around and think. But, you know, on the other side of things, this is what Texas does. This is kind of a, you know, a, a, a very normal game for them. They play a lot of noon games or 11 a.m. games. Alabama doesn't play them anymore. You know, that was a, an Alabama program when Nick Saban first took over that wasn't very good. And that's why you were on the Jefferson Pilot game, you know, and kind of to show you, you know, where things have gone now. Alabama hardly ever plays early games because they're in prime time. And, but this is a, it's a weird prime time game because it's on Fox, but we don't play a lot of these. So I'm curious to see how that affects Alabama. You know, um, how many times did you watch those Jefferson pilot games? And I think every team kind of had to rotate into it. And, and there would be like a matchup where you're like, man, this Vanderbilt should not be hanging with so-and-so. But they, they, they hang in there and it comes down to the end and you feel like part of it's routine, you know, like maybe – your routine's kind of out of whack. So I'm curious. Like, like, on the other side, you're right. I mean, you get there early and you get it done and you don't have a lot of time to think about it. But I think that it benefits Texas, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely Let's agree with that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, I, you think it benefits Texas? I mean, to me, as a player, you go there and it's like uh, you have the hotel room. Uh, if you, a lot of times, because with a morning game, you get up and you go, you go play, uh, with, with right. an afternoon game or a night game, especially you sit around the hotel that, you know, the, the schedule is kind of like, okay, what do we do during this period of time? Do we need to meet some more? The coaches feel like they got to put up the things in. They want to talk about certain, and it's like your mind is just like, okay, enough. The hay is in the barn. Let's just play. Uh, that's why I've always thought it been, I, I love the early games in the road more than I did the later games. But uh, let, let's take a break. We'll come back. we got Mick Gillespie with us. We, uh, brought to us by Pearl River Resort. We'll get to him and uh, get his take also some of the big SEC uh, games. SEC, a big weekend for them as far as the wins over some major teams uh, from uh, not only the Oregon Ducks to Utah, one of the top ten teams that Florida took down this past weekend. We'll talk more about that and much more coming up on The Other Side, live from ABX Audio Video Excellence Continues. Do Labor Day your way and get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done? Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, a few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely this afternoon and tonight. 
Today's high 83, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mick Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider on 3 Media. Again, brought to us by Pearl River Resorts. And uh, always great to have Mick on on Mondays with us and uh, talking to Alabama Crimson Tide and looking ahead as well to the game in Texas uh, in Austin. Yeah, Coach Saban was asked the question, I don't know if you heard it, Mick, earlier in the press conference uh, about the, the fact, is there an advantage with Sark uh, kind of knowing Alabama's defense and working against him? He said, well, we know him as well. Kind of went back at the reporter and said, uh, we both know each other. We're not going to change up things. And that's uh, about guys executing the plays that we call. But uh, talk about that okay. as far as Sarkeesian and uh, just the, the their offense and what he's done and the time that they spent together because they had a lot of success together, Coach Saban and Sark did. Well, look, how crazy is it that Sark went – remember, he, he left Alabama and went and, and was going to coach the Falcons, right, and came right in after the Super Bowl. And we're kind of looking at him going, you know, what's going to happen here? And then, you know, that didn't work out, and then he comes back, and he's one of the greatest offensive coordinators that Alabama's had. You know, he, he really fit in. And he's kind of put into a bad spot that first game um, when he took over for Lane Kiffin, came back. Nick Saban might have saved this guy's career, you know, after the way things went at USC and uh, his off-the-field issues. And then, you know, he's back, and I thought he did a really good job of understanding Alabama's personnel, um, making Alabama's offense one that the players could get pretty easy, being explosive. And I'm looking forward to the same thing at Texas. I mean, the recruiting for him has been crazy. I mean, you go out and you get um, Arch Manning, you know, however that happened, they got him. And now all of a sudden they're one of the programs that when we talk recruiting, um, we're constantly talking about Texas and who's going there. And, I'm, and look, the guy knows how to develop quarterbacks. He was part of that dynasty at USC. And um, I just – look at him as someone that transcends offense has done that his entire career and uh and and one that when by the time they get to the sec if texas fans and our texas front office people are um you know are patient i think they're going to have a really good coach and a great program mick gillespie is our guest right here on the jay barker show mick what are your initial impressions of of John Robinson, because he could play for any team in the SEC. Wait, he can play for any team in the nation. Come on, let's just face it. I mean, he, to me, looks like a you know a, a first round pick running back. Um, he's he's explosive. He's he's got great moves with the football. Um, he can catch the ball a little bit. I, I like him a lot, and, and I just think that as the offense around him gets better, he's going to do nothing but continue to improve, and he's definitely someone that Alabama has to keep an eye on. Texas is going to compete with Alabama if they're going to get inside the number, which I think is 18 now. Somebody was telling me. I haven't haven't looked today. But if they're going to get within two touchdowns, he's going to have to have a big game, whether it's you know getting him the ball out of the backfield or uh, just straight running the ball. Uh, but Texas is going to have to do some stuff on the ground to set up the pass game, and I think that he's a really integral part of that. 
And so he's someone that as Alabama makes a game plan, they're really going to have to key on Bijan Robinson. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, as Matt said, I mean, a guy could be playing anywhere, uh, that, that type of back and that type of explosiveness. And, and here's the thing about it. Sark knows how to use guys like that, Mick. I mean, he's very creative in his pass calling and uh, in, in his play calling, excuse me. And the thing, too, and Coach Hayden brought this up, and I heard this many times from Braxton and from others, is that Sark likes to make you kind of show what you're doing. And he's going to do a lot of that with formations, movement, taking him back, moving him out wide, bringing him back in, kind of like the Patriots have done for years with, with Tom Brady to recognize man zone, try to get you to kind of go ahead and show your uh, your scheme, what you're trying to accomplish on that particular play. you you got to think he's going to do a ton of that against Alabama to try to give as much information pre-snap to his quarterback as possible. Yeah, look, I, I've been thinking about this game, too, because I think the Texas, just looking at Alabama's history and these kind of big games, is, and I'm trying to figure out what is when is Texas going to struggle. Is it going to be first half? Or is it going to be second half? See, and I think Sark's going to come out. He's probably got a good idea of how he's going to attack this defense before Alabama starts to make a lot of adjustments. So at some point, Texas is going to really struggle. And I'm thinking that maybe it's the second half of this football game. You know, once Alabama kind of sees what Texas is doing and and is able to kind of match that, uh, there's going to be a half where Texas is going to go without any points. You know, normally when when I bet Alabama, too, I, I take Bama in the first half. You know, because they, they jump out the big leads and, you know, it's kind of the formula. Hey, let's get out early. Last year they struggled a lot in the, in, on the road in the second half. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think that Texas is going to have a good game plan doing things like you're talking about, just trying to surprise this team, uh, you know, trying to attack Alabama maybe in some, some schemes that they haven't seen. He's going to know the personnel a little bit from his time at, at Alabama. And I just think that at some point in the game, Texas is just not going to be able to move the ball. And, uh, and I'm thinking that's probably the second half of the football game. But I, I was thinking exactly the same thing, like where, where Sarkeesian's going to really be able to affect Alabama is by knowing them enough and knowing Nick Saban's tendencies enough to, to maybe, you know, hit them with a surprise attack at some point early. But I just think Alabama will adjust, and, and it's going to be really tough for Texas to move the ball at some point in the game, probably the second half. Well, if you bet like that against Utah State, you must have won because Alabama just totally dominated. In fact, the Tide scored 8 of 8 on their first possession, so uh, they, they were quite dominating. But you expected that from against Utah State. Texas, uh, size them up uh, from a talent standpoint. Um, where, do you, where do you think they stack up against Alabama? Well, look, I mean, they obviously have their starters, uh, skill position guys, Quinn Ewers is good, right? I mean, he, he's highly recruited, but this is going to be a big test for him. You talked about about Robinson. You know, they've they've struggled a little bit on the offensive line. I'm I'm not sure how they're going to do against Alabama's defensive front. Obviously, Alabama has I think the, the, one of the best fronts that they've ever had. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm guessing that at some point that's an area where Alabama is really going to succeed. But um, look, this is a team that is building. I mean, are they yet, there yet? No but they're getting there. Um, you can just tell that with the recruiting, you know, with the way that they've been able to kind of get four and five star guys and they're starting to really build up, um, you know, kind of starting to take advantage of Sark and, and the NILs. And there's a lot of excitement around this football team. So I, I think that they stack up. Look, if Alabama goes in there and plays a sloppy game and, and they keep Texas in it, 
then it could be one of those games where you're like, man, you know, in the fourth quarter, you're a little bit worried. And, you know, so Alabama can't take them lightly. They they definitely have the, the, the team to be able to compete. I just don't know if they can do it for four quarters against Alabama. Meg Gillespie joining us from Bama Insider and On3 Media. SEC, a big weekend as far as wins and uh, the dominant win for Georgia over Oregon. Uh, Texas A&M takes down Sam Houston. You know, not a lot of, a lot of great matches, but big ones for Florida, 29-26. I mean, really the only team that kind of let us down is LSU uh, last night. A lot of that through coaching decisions. Ole Miss wins. Auburn wins. Vanderbilt's 2-0. and That tells you the SEC is definitely uh, trending up. 49-23, uh, to Mississippi State over Memphis. South Carolina took down Georgia State. 35 to 14, but just your take on the SEC, what game stood out to you? Well, first off, you know, the, the, the game, Florida, I thought Florida State was a better football team than, than LSU, but I, I got to give Brian Kelly a little bit of credit because, you know, they had a chance. The guy kicks the extra point at the end of the game. I, I think they would have won. And, and, you know, a one point loss in a game where I just felt like, Florida State was just better organized, and I, I think that goes to you know the fact that they've had the same coach Mike Norvell for a while. But um, that one stood out to me. And look, Georgia's for real, man. I mean, like I got to give them credit the way that they dismantled Whoa. Oregon. I wasn't expecting that. They're they're ready to go again. I think it's a team that Alabama matches up well against when we get there. Mm-hmm. We got a long way to get there, but they were impressive to me. Probably stood out more than any other team. Yeah, that uh, that forty-nine to three win over Oregon, uh, number eleven team in the country, and I agree with you. Defensively, they look tough. Offensively as well, very explosive. Uh, Bennett uh, Stetson ends up uh, in the game, twenty-five of thirty-one, just missed six passes, three hundred sixty-eight yards, the two touchdowns as well. But uh, big showing for them. Mick, thank you so much, my man, and uh, have a great Labor Day. Yeah, guys. Hey, let me one Make more thing. Bra- let me tell you that right yeah. Go ahead. They, I, I hope they do. I hope they do 10 seconds, bet $50 at Pearl River Resort Dancing Rabbit, and you get to play around the Dancing Rabbit for 30 bucks if you go to the sports book. That's uh, wow. going on right now. And poker tournament, right. September 8th to the 19th. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa, and they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Yeah, Bryce did a really good job in the game. Uh, I think if you ask Bryce, he would tell you that he missed a couple things. Um, in terms of reading guys where he might have had his read and, and, you know, but I thought he played really, really well. He managed the game really, really well. Um, you know, I should have helped him out calling timeout down there in the red zone because they were given a lot of blitz pressures and, you know, we were trying to maybe change the protection or something to make sure we could pick up the blitz. And the shot clock got down there, and, you know, he didn't want to have a bad play. And, you know, we got timeout called one time, the next time we didn't. So, but anyway, I thought he played really, really well. He's prepared well. His leadership has been phenomenal in terms how he how he's helped other players around him grow and develop. So I can't be more pleased with his performance. All right, welcome back in as we continue live from AVX Audio Video Excellence here on this Labor Day. And uh, also, we got Matt Coulter there at AVX. Lars got the day off. Uh, Mick Gillespie just joined us from Bama uh, Insider on 3 Media. So we always appreciate Mick joining us and brought to us by Pearl River Resort. Uh, before we get into some other SEC matchups from this weekend, again, 55 to nothing for the Crimson Tide over Utah State. They get ready for Texas in Austin coming up this weekend should be a great matchup there at the early start, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 o'clock uh, and uh, Eastern Time. But uh, a lot of uh, great storylines throughout the SEC. We'll dive into here in just one second. I want to remind you we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll love it. I mean, it's great for family, friends, coworkers. They do a lot of great parties out there, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, bachelorette parties, bachelor parties. They do charity events as well. A lot of folks have gone to Top Golf instead of going out to the golf courses and uh, do a lot of corporate events uh, for the for you as well. So you head out to Top Golf of Birmingham. You'll absolutely love it. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street up in Austin, Anderson, Alabama. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Matt, you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, right. You want to talk some SEC? Uh, you want to talk about it. Auburn? Yes. Um, I was really, um, you know, 
Robbie Ashford. That's I mean that's what that's what the Auburn buzz is right now, and and, and rightfully so. He came in um, in relief of uh, TJ, who uh, was not playing all that well. Had a couple of picks, um, but in his post game comments, Brian Harson said TJ still our man. TJ still our man. But Jay, you're the quarterback whisperer here in our group. Um, if this continues. Uh, and, of course, they got San Jose State this weekend. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's an opportunity to play these two some more and get a more defined role for each of them. But right now, I, I'm at a loss to say, why don't you just put Ashford in and let him go with it? Boy, it looked good. And, and I coached against Robbie when he was Little League. Uh, he went up in Harrison where – uh, arch rivals, uh, in a sense, from uh, Hoover and Spain Park and uh, and Little League. So uh, I've, I've known him, seen him, great baseball player. I think he played some baseball to Oregon before he transferred back to uh, to Auburn. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him back home, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to see him uh, in crimson and white, but he wouldn't have a lot of playing time with Bryce and the other guys uh, there at Alabama. But he's got a real shot uh, at Auburn. I thought he was very impressive. He looked very calm. Uh, under pressure and, and for a guy that didn't play uh, football last year but yet uh, you know he get a lot of playing time so it, for him to come in and play the level he played at and to kind of give him that uh, that different look uh, at the quarterback position I thought was really good uh, four of seven 100 yards as far as passing his average passing yards were what 14.3 uh, TJ Finley did have the two touchdowns nine of 14 112 yards but uh, Robbie also as you brought up the six carries for 68 yards really explosive uh, in a lot of the plays that he made throughout the game so yeah, I mean, I would love to see the kid get the shot because being a Hoover Hoover kid, known him for a while and known his family, so uh, and our kids have known each other for a long time. Uh, love to see guys out there being able to play, and especially guys from our home state. But T.J. Finley being at 6'7", the size that he is, the experience he has, I think the mechanics of it all, we heard Harson talk about preseason, even leading into this game last week, was that that's the reason they went with T.J., was that he just had the, the mechanics and understood the offense better than anyone out there. And you know, a lot of that uh, that, that they did with, with Robbie Ashford and Matt was a lot of that was stuff that they put together a package for him. So he's just got to continue to expand his knowledge of it and get more experience in it. But he, he showed a lot of promise. One area where I was not surprised, nobody else was either, was Tank. Uh, tank was the tank. Um, 16 touches, 147 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I mean, that's him, uh, and that's going to be the base of the Auburn offense, and that certainly showed in game one against the Bears of Mercer. Another name that popped up that I did not expect, and oddly enough, very common name at Auburn, is Cam. Cam Riley, uh, a kind of lean-looking linebacker out of Evergreen, Alabama, had fifth, count them, 15 tackles. He had 15 tackles, which was double the guy that was second on the stat chart there. Uh, I didn't know much about Cam Riley, but I, I guess everybody on the on their uh, – Every opponent on Auburn's schedule is going to know about Cam Riley. That just really opened my eyes. Yeah, 15 total tackles, nine solo. He had the one quarterback, Curry, as well, and uh, really just an outstanding game for him. And, and look, this is what you know. Coach Harson needed this, even though it was a Mercer, to come out and have an impressive performance on uh, both sides of the football. And I think for them, you know, Mercer had that, you know, they were, uh, what, 1-0 coming into that game, now 1-1. And, one. and um, you know, they talked about as far as just how they played that first game and things that they wanted to look for and, and how they wanted to come out on top. But, yeah, I, I think they got to be comfortable or feel good about where they are on both sides of the football right now. But they got uh, better competition coming. You know, I mean, that's the thing for them is uh, for Auburn right now, they, they're as far as their road schedule and, some of the teams, even that they got at home, it's going to be even tough. But they got Alabama on the road. They got um, is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, they got uh, 
Georgia uh, on the road. They got Ole Miss on the road, Mississippi State on the road, and uh, again, Alabama on the road late in the year. So uh, next game uh, for them is San Jose State. Uh, then it's Penn State. I think that's going to be a, a big test for them, uh, even though Penn State uh, last year they went down to the wire and then the, uh, the you know for Penn State you know where they are right now as far as their team and then Missouri they got Missouri at home LSU at home and then they start that that road schedule against Georgia and Ole Miss back to back. Jay, can we talk both for a minute? I mean, they need to put bumper stickers on his car. He needs to wear shirts around T-shirts that say, "Hey, don't block for me or run or run a correct route." I'm Bo Nix. Um, he can't find a sink with a team. Now I will say this. Georgia had a whole lot to do about Bo Nix not playing very well. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter who he's surrounded by. The other team's going to dominate. And, and go ahead and expound on, on your thoughts about the Bulldogs because you want to talk midseason form. They looked SEC championship form. Yeah, again, we brought it up earlier, Matt. Stetson Bennett was 25 of 31, 368 yards. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, 97.3 QBR. Bo Nix on the other side, 21 of 37, 173 yards. He had two interceptions, no touchdowns, and 58.9 as far as QBR. You know, when, you, when you're playing a team like Georgia, even though it's so-called a neutral side, even though there was an unbelievable amount of Georgia fans there, and, and, and I'll tell you this, just looking online and seeing some of the reaction from the Georgia fans and even some friends of mine that are Georgia fans, they, I mean, they, they were ecstatic because they weren't sure. We lost so many people to the NFL, they say. And they weren't sure how the team would respond. Would those young guys be able to step in or step up or guys that got a little bit of experience last year? And they did in a, in a big way. They looked very dominant. Now, I, I do think, you know, the early pick that he threw down the field, that was really just a great play by a freshman corner that uh, made an unbelievable play on the ball. I mean, you know, really had a really nice throw there. It was just a great play by the defensive back. The only thing there that might get happen, a receiver come back a little bit and help you out and, and go to the highest point. The, the DB did a better job of that. Uh, the second one, though, was a real mistake. I mean, you know, you're trying to throw a screen and go look. You got a safety sitting right there in that spot, and he just read it out. And and honestly, I think his first reaction to that, Matt, I'm watching the, the, some of the tape again, uh, it looks like he starts coming up fast based on the fact he's thinking his screen. And then realizes once he sees the tight end release. So, so if, if they would have just maybe hesitated another second, he probably would have blown right by the guy. And then maybe he has a, a throw down the field, but instead he throws it right into the, in the coverage. They get the pick. And, um, you know, I, I think that was the biggest m- momentum changers for Georgia feeling confident about the guys who were out there in Oregon going, okay, wait, this is supposed to be the guy that leads us uh, to the promised land in a sense with Bo Nix. And uh, those two interceptions, I think, really caused a huge momentum shift in Georgia's way. Any other teams you want to talk about in the SEC play? Certainly, I think you point to last night's game and, and the fact that LSU really had a chance to tie and probably win this against Florida State. But uh, actually, they were the only SEC loss. Only one. And again, Vandy's a 2-0, and so that says the SEC is doing well. Um, so that they got to be excited up in uh, Nashville for that team so far being 2-0. Probably a lot, a lot of talk about it. So you look at um, the LSU-Florida State game. Let's, t- let's talk about that here for a few minutes. Uh, a lot of, in, in my mind, a lot of, a lot of bad coaching decisions. Um, and Greg McElroy brought this up last night. I thought it was a really good point. Early on when they got the ball back or when, when uh, they fumbled the ball on the punt, once again, I uh, felt so sorry for that young man because that was two much punts he had that they lost the ball. And uh, LSU able to recover and uh, go in and score, and then, and then this time uh, FSU was not able to able to score. They ended up fumbling it, but he, he said, you know, let them score, get the ball back. You got time to get two possessions. If you score quickly, 
You can onside kick and all that. Well, then it worked out. I mean, it worked out because of another dumb decision. Why in the world do you toss the ball on the one-yard line? I, I, mean, I just don't understand the coaching uh, thoughts there at that particular time. Um, and, and also, too, at that time, FSU could have easily said, look, let's just let's run a couple plays or even let's get, you know, we, we can kick a field goal on third down. We can go ahead and put this game out of reach and uh, be up by uh, three scores. And instead, they wanted to try to score another touchdown to make it even more impressive win. So that that's the things that, you know, a lot of times just really hurt you. Uh, and I think the coaches got to go back and look at it as far as time management, the things that they did that they, they can get better as well, putting their players in better position. But what do you think about some of the calls? Um, there needed to be improvement in the coaching on both sides of the football. But um, it, it really, one thing I think I took out of it is maybe Florida State's not, they're not back, okay? But maybe they've turned the corner a little bit. Winning at LSU, I don't care if they've got new coaches and transfers everywhere, that's a big deal. Uh, and I imagine it was just as rowdy on a Sunday night as it would have been 24 hours earlier. So I got that. Uh, Jay, when we get back, also the crazy stuff that went on at Virginia Tech and, and the lost Old Dominion, that was just nuts. And also, I have an official start to my name game. Uh, great names I saw on rosters over the weekend. All right, great stuff. 24-23 last night again, Florida State over LSU. What a game. And, and I'll tell you this, kudos to LSU. 99 yards they went, uh, but they couldn't get one. And that was one point uh, that they needed there at the end after making the score on the touchdown. One second left and all that uh, commotion and uh, back and forth. But I tell you, Travis, the quarterback for FSU, great game for him, 20 or 32. He really should have been 26 or 32. He had like six or seven drops who were right in the guy's hands and could have been touchdowns, uh, 260 yards and two touchdowns for him on the night for FSU. All right, stay with us as hour number two continues on this Labor Day edition. We'll be back. Escape to Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi. And by Townsend Nissan. Townsend Nissan, your hometown dealership. Your family in the car business for 30 years. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, a few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83, tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Look, guys, you guys need to get off the depth chart a little bit I and forget about who started and who didn't. Emil missed five days of practice leading up to the game, and he only practiced two days. So we wanted to play him in the game, but he hadn't practiced a lot, so we didn't want to play him too much. And only fair to the other guy who started for the five days that he was out. So Emil's still the starting right guard. Now, if Emil didn't miss five days of practice, I'm not sure who would have started at left guard because there's competition at every position, which is a good thing. My biggest issue, and this may be the last time you ever get one, my biggest issue on our whole team was the day the depth chart came out. So you may have seen the last one. You all may have seen the last one. Because that's all you worry about. 
We have competition on our team. We have good players. Just it's not, there's not just I have in my mind seven or eight guys that can play winning football in the offensive line. I'm gonna play them all. I know y'all think I'm crazy. I, that doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me one bit. Welcome back in. Love that last quote. I know you guys think I'm crazy. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) That's what Nick Saban said. He hates the depth chart big time. I mean, and they should know that. And but I mean, but you know, they're asking questions that their their readers want to hear about. But uh, but that that's what I love about Coach Saban. I mean, every position is up for grabs. I mean, you got to compete every day in practice, every week. Nobody wants the season started that is yours. And the more guys that can play winning football, and the more guys you can get rotating into that mix. I mean, number one, you keep guys healthier, you keep them more fresh, and you get more experience in, in game type situations. You know, um, I got a copy. Joe Gaither sent it to me of game notes. You remember those? Uh, they're all digital now, but I got a hard copy of game notes. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I looked at is I wonder if Nick allows a depth chart to be in his official team game notes. Well, there it was in all its glory. I wonder this week going to Texas if they're going to be available. I know they'll be available, but whether or not they have a depth chart, Nick may have it removed again. I, I, I really don't know. But, by the way, I just want to give kudos to our guys tied 100.9. That was just a brilliant mix of his audio with Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> no devil intended towards Nick Saban or anything like that. But if you know radio, guys, that's a 10. You put it on, and it sounded great. Uh, Jay, you want to talk about bad luck. Uh, Brent Dye Pry is going into his first year at Virginia Tech. Okay, he goes to Old Dominion. And by the way, uh, the Monarchs have been known to upset people here over the past couple of years. But he goes there, and they lose 20-17. to 17. Um, After the game, they discovered that their Virginia Tech locker room there at Old Dominion had been raided and had many of the players' items sold. But here's the one that you just know it's not your day. When the coaches were coming down from their booth at halftime, the elevator got stuck. And they had to actually delay the game while I guess the technicians from Otis or whomever, excuse me, I'm not indicting Otis, just an elevator company. They go over there and they get the coaches out of the elevator booth. I have, uh, I've never heard of it. I do know this. You've been around it too, Jay. Those elevators are so protected right before the half that, uh, you know, the attendant is right there. And the coaches run out of their booth and into the elevator, and they get them down to the ground field level as quickly as possible. And not being able to get out and make corrections in a 10-7 halftime score must have driven those coaches crazy. Oh, crazy. And you know how it is at halftime. And at halftime, it's, you know, they, they clear it out, as you said. I mean, they, they will not let you on that in the press box uh, if, if you're on that side of the field. Now, at Alabama, now it's a lot different because the coaches are actually on, on the other side. It's more – uh, civilian, uh, where the press box was more the media, uh, to be able to get those guys. And they, I mean, they express them down as fast as they can. They got police escorts. Everybody's, you know, getting them into the locker room as quick as possible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that can definitely cut down on your ability to, uh, to really make adjustments. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, it even be worse if you're, you get caught on the way back where you can't get back to the field 
And would they, yeah. you know, at that time, would they postpone it, you know, for a while to get the coaches in the box? Uh, I don't know how that would be, how that would play out from a referee standpoint and making sure that you got your coaches there to be able to see things that are happening on the field. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, that, that was a crazy story all the way around up there at, uh, with, with the Hokies. Hey, I want to uh, go through my uh, preseason, or now that we're into the season, I've, I've got an all-name guy. And I was going over the Texas um, and Road notes, okay? And Texas just totally dominated. They won that game 51-10. to 10. But I was just looking. I happened to look on the other side with the Lawman Road receivers. They have a receiver, Jay. His name is Boogie Knight. Uh, if you think I'm kidding, no. His name is Boogie, B-O-O-G-I-E, but his last name is spelled with a K, so it's K-N-I-G-H-T. He actually had four catches for 65 yards. Uh, no, no truth to the rumor that Mark Wahlberg is the quarterback. No, right. bad joke there. But Boogie Knight, Boogie Knight. I mean, I, I don't know if it's his given name. I didn't do a deep dive on it, but I'm, I'm assuming it's probably uh, a nickname. But uh, there is my first player in nomination for the all-name team in, in college football. Boogie Knight, he plays for La Monroe. I love it. I love it. A lot of, lot of uh, great names uh, that we've seen over the years, but uh, that's a good one as well. Hey, uh, let's go back hey, to – uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I wanted to ask you something because I, I may be trying to get inside a little bit more. You know about this or not, but story came up this morning uh, about Ajay Hall now being eligible to play at Texas. But Jaleel <laughs> Billingsley transferred there too. And I just I need some definition and explanation if, if you've got it. Um, uh, Sark came forward and said Billingsley is now on a six game actually after this weekend a five game suspension, and he said it was not a legal issue, but he said it was a problem that stemmed back from his days at Alabama. Um, can you shed any light? Because that's all I know. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is normally. I mean, that's that suspension is is probably a substance. Uh, he may have tested positive for a substance. Uh, that, that that would be where the NCAA would have uh, complete, um, you know, jurisdiction over him, and that would that would go from Alabama to Texas would be carried with him for that period of time. That's the only thing I can think of, man. I can't think of anything. And I mean, and I know Sark and Coach Saban are good friends, but you want your best players on the field. I can't imagine if there was a disciplinary issue with Coach Saban that Sark would be like, "Yeah, I'll keep that that those six games intact." Uh, I, I don't think that would ever go down between coaches because they're they're running the programs and they're going to meet. So it has to be something that the NCAA is uh, keeping intact and uh, is carried on with him. The only thing, I mean, again, it's a, I mean, uh, I'm not saying this is definitely what it is, but that's the only one of the reasons I could think that uh, they would get a six game suspension. Okay, um, that's as good a that's a good ex- explanation because I, I quite couldn't figure it out unless it was some kind of an eligibility deal but you know it seems like that would have been cleared up a long long time ago and to my knowledge there there are no penalties going through the transfer portal so it couldn't have stemmed from that so there you go good explanation now i interrupted you what were you going to bring up yeah florida utah back to that game i just thought they were really impressive by billy napier to get this win i mean utah a top 10 number seven team in the country coming into the the, the swamp and I, I got to imagine for them, the heat. I mean, I saw the coaches on the sideline for Utah. I mean, their shirts were soaking wet. Uh, not used to that type of humidity, and the swamp can get very, very humid, especially if a rainstorm comes through right before the game. Had that happened to us back in 1991, and uh, it is a crazy uh, humidity and just a really tough atmosphere to play in. Uh, and for Billy Napier to be able to pull off the win and really to see his quarterback, uh, who uh, I can't believe Dan Mullins over the last two years 
has not used this this quarterback. I mean, he, he just had an unbelievable game uh, for the Florida Gators and, and allowing them to really showcase his uh, his athletic ability, his passing ability, and that's Anthony Richardson. And 17 or 24, he ended up, as far as completions to attempts, 168 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns uh, as far as that. But you know, when you look at just the, the play that he – uh, the, the big plays he made throughout the game and uh, continued to make all through. I mean, I thought showed a lot of poise at times when um, you know he was able to make uh, plays that uh, he was able to extend plays as well. Uh, but uh, really, just a great outing for for the quarterback that kind of sat on the bench and everybody said, "Why well, you know this kid came out of high school with highly ranked and uh, so much thought of him and why were they not using him more?" Billy Napier knew how to use him. Yeah, he did. Um... But I heard guys afterwards, afterwards, they were talking about him. Oh, man, this is a first-round quarterback pick in the NFL. Uh, I, I didn't see that yet. Did I you? wouldn't go that far, no. They said top ten. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, top ten. Yeah. First I just, round. Well, wait I a minute. Like, uh, uh, let's let him play some more. I agree 100%. That's crazy. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, more on some of the SEC games, also some of the big matchups. You got Clemson and Georgia Tech coming up tonight. Dabo's uh, debut uh, with the uh, Clemson Tigers. And can Ugalele uh, have a better outing uh, this year than he did last year as the quarterback for the Clemson Tigers? We'll break it down for you coming up on the other side. We're live from ADX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Continue hour number two here on this Labor Day edition. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, it may be on the lake, listen to us, or out and about, but I uh, hope you're having a great Labor Day on uh, this Monday. Uh, Alabama's big win, 55 to nothing over Utah State, and uh, the SEC, all games uh, undefeated except for one. Last night, LSU goes down to Florida State, and tonight you got Clemson and Georgia Tech coming up as well. But one of the things, Matt, that we've seen all throughout college football this first weekend is the amount of transfer quarterbacks that are playing for other teams. What's really surprising is the number. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, and particularly in the Southeastern Conference, where, you know, for one, you got Spencer Rattler. I mean, this guy was a Heisman Trophy candidate a year ago at Oklahoma. He's gone. Then the guy that replaced him at Oklahoma followed his coach out to the West Coast, USC, and he had Caleb Williams. But the percentage of quarterbacks that are now starting for FBS teams blew me away. Forty-seven percent of the starting quarterbacks are transfers. Three years ago, Jay, I would say that number was probably around ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I'm trying to think back to um, what sixty-one total. I think it was sixty-one total quarterbacks yeah. playing on different teams, to be exact. Uh, that forty-six point six percent you talked about, right at forty-seven percent 
last season was 37.7%. Uh, so that was, you know, even uh, a big 10% jump almost there for this, this year. But we're going to see this, Matt. I mean, that's the transfer portal. Now it's free agency and quarterbacks are going to go and they're going to try to go to a, you know, a big time school, the school that they want to attend. I think they can go in and compete. They go through one year, maybe two, if they get redshirted, then they say, okay, well, if I, if I don't come out on top, uh, I'm going to transfer, go find another place. Plus, I mean, you, you can't, say it's not happening it is i mean you're gonna have coaches through their ancillary uh people uh that are out there talking to these kids saying hey you can come here and play the, the coaches love you they recruited you uh coming out of high school um i think we're gonna see that number stay right where it's at right now if not get bigger just based on the transfer portal and especially the quarterback position you, you know you you're either playing or not playing unless your team gets up by a lot uh, the number one guy gets all the reps. It's not like wide receiver where you're bringing guys in and out. It's not like offensive line. It's not like running back as well. Uh, that one position is going to be, I think, dominant in the transfer portal. Well, I'm really hoping that Nick hadn't hit his button and listening to Todd right now with this question. However, um, on the depth chart, <laughs> so you know, Malik, uh, you know, Alabama, um, Monroe got uh, got some snaps, got some play. So did Ty Simpson. Alabama's got a few other quarterbacks that have been coming in. Are, do, you, do you foresee that? Or because Bryce is going to be, technically, he'll, he'll go out after this year. Um, do you see more quarterbacks transferring from Alabama? I think a lot of that has to do, Matt, with whether or not Bill O'Brien stays and whether or not the coaching staff on that office side stays intact. I mean, if you're Jalen Milrow and you've been in that system now for two years and, and now having the chance to you know, continue to learn and grow and then Ty Simpson being in a year number one, um, you know, Jalen's got a ton of ability. Uh, he can he can make all the throws down the field. Uh, at times, uh, we, we we saw that we you know where to be. I, I think on that one play where he threw the interception, he was trying to just throw the ball at the receiver. He's like, okay, I don't want to overthrow him. In practice, there's been overthrows because he's got such a strong arm. He thought I was going to put it on him. Probably been told that by coaches, don't overthrow a wide open receiver, and didn't see the safety coming across his face from the other side that really made a great play with the speed to get to the ball and make the interception. So those are things that he'll learn from and, and grow from. And then Ty Simpson, I mean, he, he's in his first year. I mean, I, I think they're in a good spot. I think Jalen realizes it's going to be his to win in the spring uh, if for some reason Ty wins it over. But really after those two guys, there's not a lot there. I mean, it's all walk-ons uh, after that pretty much. I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not a deep room at quarterback position right now. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Now, Alabama will probably go out and look for guys that may transfer in. Here, here's the, another stat that I thought was pretty interesting in, the, in that article that you sent me. 46 of the 61, that's 75.4% of Power 5 transfers, with 27 of those starting at other Power 5 schools. The Pac-12 leads with seven. Uh, Power 5 transfer starters with the SEC at six. The Big 10 and the Big 12 each have five, and the ACC with four. Now, five transfer starters are former uh, on three consensus five-star recruits. JT Daniels, Quinn Ewers, Bo Nix, Spencer Rattler, and Caleb Williams. There were 13 total five-star quarterbacks in the 2018 through 2021 recruiting classes, which means 38.5% of them transferred. 12 out of the 61 starters are former group of five quarterbacks with two FCA transfers, one from the Division II ranks, two former G5 quarterbacks start at a Power 5 at Virginia Tech in Oklahoma, while there is one former FCS quarterback at Power 5, and that's at Washington State. 11 former SEC quarterbacks are transfer starters, including two from Georgia, every league school except Kentucky, Texas A&M, Tennessee. Vanderbilt has a former quarterback starting somewhere else. That's unbelievable. Uh, that's Again, the transfer portal, thank God they did not allow these guys to transfer any year 
any time as they were proposing at one point. A lot of people thought it might get rubber stamped. Yeah. Instead, it's still just that one-time transfer with no penalty. You can always transfer uh, after that, but there will be a penalty, which would be a year to sit out uh, if you do so. But th- th- those numbers are just crazy. 46.6%. I mean, you basically are tossing a coin every time you, you watch an FBS game. And uh, one of the quarterbacks on the field is going to be a transfer. It's almost guaranteed that. In a lot of instances, uh, it'll be both. So it, it's, it's absolutely amazing, and I don't see an end to it. No, I don't either. I, I think this is just the beginning. I, like I said, I think that number, it will stay there. It may even get bigger uh, just based on quarterback seeing with these other guys because now they look at a guy that transferred out and goes and, and then maybe gets in a better offense or a better system or is allowed to be out there playing because they can win the competition. They're just looking for that that chance to get that playing time. And then a guy like Spencer Rattler goes to South Carolina, starts having success, and all of a sudden he's becoming uh, – his draft stack, st- stock is going up. He's living up to the expectations that a lot of people had for him coming out of high school. I, t- I tell you another great game this past weekend I want to get your thoughts on was North Carolina-Appalachian State. Chase Bryce, oh, wow. uh, the quarterback at uh, Appalachian State, Man, I was pulling for him so hard. I don't know if you remember, um, and he's actually the defensive uh, back coach at Clemson now, but Mickey Kahn uh, was teammate of mine at Alabama. That's his nephew. Uh, Chase played for Nikki when, um, Mickey, excuse me, when he was at um, Grayson High School and in Atlanta before Mickey went on to become a defensive back coach for the Clemson Tigers. And, man, he competed big time. And a couple mistakes here and there, but still, I was so proud of him and the number of uh, touchdowns. And then really just the reaction with the players and all the guys after the game going up to Mac Brown and, and, you know, shaking his hand, talking to him, and just the respect those players showed after a hard-fought game. Unbelievable numbers. Um, as you well know, Jay, um, D.C. and Christian Miller and Tim Bowens and uh, Joe and I were doing the pregame show right there from uh, restaurant um, 1225. Jay, thanks. Great job. Um, and w- during the course of the show, you'll hear these huge roars and super and- and we were looking up, trying, you know, you're trying to find which screen it's on, and it was always North Carolina and App State. And it was just back and forth and back and forth and unbelievable. And it's, geez, I know it's cliche, but it's kind of a shame somebody had to lose that game, but over time it's going to happen. But did I read this right? App State in the fourth quarter put up, is it was it 40 points and 338 total yards? Yeah, something like that. It was unbelievable that they come back. Unbelievable. Yeah, Chase, I, mean, I was so proud of Chase, and, and I've known him since he was little, little, and uh, was was pulling for him so hard to, to really be able to come back and get that win. But you know that that in itself just just shows you, um, you know, we think about Appalachian State that they, they've had a lot of success over the years, a lot of tradition. Uh, North Carolina, you know, the last few years have had a lot of great games with Mac Brown coming back to North Carolina, so. Just a great matchup, and man, the points now being scored in college football is, is just unbelievable. That the offenses, the schemes, the players are coming into, into college so much more prepared uh, than they've ever been. Uh, with the seven on sevens, with all the different competitions, the training that they get, and from from little league all the way through, uh, the, the, we're seeing just the, uh, the, the explosive offensive of play that we're going to continue to see. And and and, it, and it's fun for the game. It's fun for the fans. Boy, it was for everybody at twelve twenty-five and all the others watching that game because uh, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty evident early that that Georgia game was going nowhere unless you were a Bulldog fan. So, anyway, I got one more thing, and that's the play, in my opinion, Jay, and I think you you can chime in on this. Well, the play of the game from Alabama Utah State. I, I have Matt's thoughts when we come back. 
All right. We'll also talk about some of the discussion about the playoffs. CFP agreeing to it on Friday. We weren't able to talk about it because it wasn't done oh, at yeah. that point in time. But uh, 2026 is the uh, year they're looking at. And Sankey, uh, some pregame stuff uh, on the SEC Network as well as ESPN uh, talking about, hey, we could have gotten this thing done nine months ago. And we were not getting the uh, back and forth. So commissioners against the uh, CFP a little bit, uh, kind of going back and forth to some of the language. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, more into that coming up on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX. Email protection and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely this afternoon and tonight. Today's high 83. Tonight's low 68. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms around. The high 85. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This Labor Day edition. Again, thanks to Mick Gillespie from All 3 Media Bama Insider, also presented by Pearl River Resort, joining us as he does each and every Monday, giving his take on the Crips and Tides. Big win over Utah State, 55 to nothing, and also uh, some of the SEC matchups as well. But uh, always great talking to uh, to Mick. But, uh, Matt, you know, we're talking about uh, what happened on Friday and the CFP coming out saying, look, you know, we want to, uh, but they voted unanimously, 11 0. They had to in order for this thing to move forward. There was a lot of people felt like, if they got the unanimous vote this quick, that they would be able to move it to a 2024 start for a 12-team playoff. But uh, people coming out of that meeting saying, hey, they talked about 2026. I still think they may try to move it up because there's just so much money uh, involved in it, going from about $6 billion, And right now that they're making – or $600 million, $6 billion, $600 million that they're making uh, in revenue to $1.2 billion, what they're projecting with a 12-team playoff. Well, you know, I, I sensed uh, commissioners – Frustration, and I, I think mine too, yours too, um, fans too. What that? Why? What were they waiting on? Ten guys get in a room, pick up the phone, call a Notre Dame uh, trustee, president, whatever, and say, "Okay, we got this. Let's go." Then uh, you've got another nine months to make it happen in twenty twenty four. I guess I'm happy the fact that they voted on this, they've discussed it, and it's in the works, and it's going to happen. Or working on formats and how they're going to do all that. That's great, but I'm sorry, Jay. 2026 is too far down the road, and that they need to get somebody in that committee that'll move things up in a hurry. No, they do, big time. And, and I tell you, I wish there was a way that they could do it to where – because Mick and I were talking about this on the pre or post-game show the night, that – Really, the regular season is looked at as like the playoffs, right? I mean, you're, you you got to win out, or you got to, you know, we had to go undefeated. Uh, if we don't go undefeated in '92, we're not going to be even, you know, playing for the national championship. You got to, 
you, it, the regular season meant so much. And, and now with a 12-team playoff, I mean, you're looking at maybe three or four schools in the SEC, three or four from the Big Ten. You might get, you know, one from here, one from there, some, some group of five teams as well. You're going to get conference champions out of leagues that um, may not be as strong that particular year. But if you win your conference, you get an automatic bid. I still think the regular season should count. Uh, and I would love to see it to where let everybody else play it off. Then have the semifinals, bringing the one and two versus whoever plays off to get there, and uh, let the regular season mean something. It's got to, um, because there are only a few Alabamas and LSU's and all that in the world that are going to go to the regular season games no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. But if suddenly it becomes inconsequential, as I think sometimes basketball has, then you're not going to get guys in on a Thursday night and basketball. That's right. You're not going to get guys in on a Saturday Saturday morning for even a league game. So. Um, I, I think the biggest plus, as I just said, Jay, is they've done it. Uh, now let's let's put all these heads together and, and spend some of the money in advance and make sure it happens. All right, before we get out of here, Kyrie Jackson's play blowing up the screen. Jay, was that did did, did was that a defining moment in that football game when he took the receiver, knocked him into the running back, and then the helmet flew off? Just a boy, that's a Bama defense play and one that they ought to put top of their web of their website. Yeah, a textbook play. No you remember what play it. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Textbook play came up through and, and just, you know, aggressive, takes on the blocker. Actually, the, the blocker ends up tackling his own guy because Kyrie pushed him back into him. But uh, just a great play. That's got to make Coach Saban, you know, happy watching that film and talking about technique and the things that you got to do to play that position. Uh, but came up and made a great play and, you know, just shut the guy down immediately. Now, look at Utah State. You're going to go get some better receivers at that point in time. But I don't know if anybody could have stopped him the way that he came in like a heat-seeking no. missile uh, to make that play. But uh, really, really good stuff from both sides of the football uh, this past weekend. Really good stuff on special teams as well, except for the one uh, as far as the block punt. Um, but, you know, I, I think they got to feel good, Matt, about what they saw out of this team. They came out. They responded well. I don't think it's something that surprised them based on the leadership they've had, uh, you know, talking about having the best player in offense, best player on defense, but those best players are also great leaders off the field and on the field and in the locker room. And when you've got that type of chemistry and the type of guys who have come back and played a lot of ball together and really to see the chemistry between Jermaine Burton and Bryce and, and also uh, with Holden, which which th- those guys yeah. have thrown to each other for a long time. And then for Kobe Prentice to step in at, at that slot receiver as a true freshman. And then the other guys who came in and made plays, uh, you know, one after another, guys coming in and whether it be a running back or receiver, got a lot of playing time. That's also really positive too, Matt, when you – have a game like this and you don't have that, you know, which I, I still love the neutral site games as far as the matchups. I don't know if I like the actual location. We're going to see that changing as, as the years go on and see better matchups uh, playing at home and home. But your, your whole team feels good after the game. And in game one, you've gone through all fall camp and everybody pretty much got a lot of playing time or at least got some. And, and you walk away from that. Everybody is excited, is happy. And uh, now it's to move on and start playing against some of the tougher competition. Texas being that one coming up this weekend. Yeah, got to amp it up and get ready to go to Austin and make sure you don't go out and play on on, on uh, a Friday night in Austin because I sure I sure would be tempted to, but uh, Alabama they, uh, won't. They, they can't drink the rat down. frozen. <laughs> they, you're right. They can't drink the rat poison on this one. The Utah State game. You got to go to Texan and horn up. Matt, have a great Labor Day. Rest of your Labor Day, and uh, Lars will be back with us tomorrow. We thank Big Gillespie once again. Thanks to uh, Hardy, Joe, all those guys at Time 100.9, and Josh Smith, our producer, who does it all for us here on the show. Have a great Labor Day. We'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday edition.